Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. Well, today on In Awe by Bruce, we have Billy Jouse, who's a speaker, host of Start Small, Believe Big podcast, and a Christian author who has two books, but the latest one is Distraction Detox. Instead of kind of reviewing everything that she does with different ministries and stuff, because they're so unique, I'm going to let her go ahead and explain those as uh, we just begin. go ahead and just kick it off right now and say, Billy, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you being here on In Awe by Bruce. Thank you so much for having me, Bruce. I'm looking forward to our time talking. I appreciate that. So I alluded to in the beginning that you've got these different ministries going on, and you've got a unique kind of ministry. Do you mind if we just start with that, if you kind of tie that in to what you do day to day, and then we'll head towards your book? Yeah, if I can remember all that I do. But <laughs> um, yeah, my our biggest ministry, my husband and I, we feel like our biggest ministry is his profession. And my husband's a, a major has been a major league baseball coach. We've been in professional baseball for 35 years. Wow. And we feel like that job is not just a job, it is our mission field. No pun intended, but definitely a pun. A baseball <laughs> field, a mission field. So that's like our biggest place of ministry is within the baseball world. Mm-hmm. We got the wives and the players, the coaches, the hot dog vendor, the guy at the gate that I see every day, the the lady at the gate I see every day. You know, that's my biggest ministry, I feel like, in that day-to-day sharing. But I also have the podcast. I love the podcast. I'm, I'm always a wanting to encourage other podcasters because it can be a lonely world, but I, you know, you don't get a whole lot of feedback, active feedback, but Mm -hmm. I love podcasting because on the podcast, I really just share a story. I share scripture. I relate the scripture to the story and end with a challenge, like a, a question or a challenge to really propel us into living out our faith intentionally. So that's been really enjoyable love speaking. Speaking is one of my enjoyable, I get to go out and now hug other people and <laughs> see them face to face. I'm very relational. I love hearing people's stories. I love being in a crowd. Um, I love doing that. So that's it. And then my writing was not something that I came to in a dream of always being an author or anything like that. I was a critical care nurse in my prior days. And then- oh, wow became a stay-at-home mom and homeschooled to be able to keep the family together and move around in baseball. And so, yeah, so came kicking and screaming to writing, didn't think I could do it, didn't think I was smart enough or educated enough or any of that or knowledgeable enough on the Bible. And the Lord really pulled me into, into writing, and it's been such a blessing to get these messages out. So let's kick off with that then. So your latest book, on distraction detox. I love that. And I love the fact that in there you use detox as an acronym for kind of a path to follow, right? Right. Right. And so 
how did, how did that kick off? What made you go, okay, I need to write a book about distraction detox? Because when I heard that, I was like, it's so true. I, I, I am like the squirrel guy, you know, hey, there's a squirrel, you know, yeah. shiny yeah. object. For me, it was very much, my first book is titled Making Room, Doing Less So God Can Do More. And that one was really about those external distractions. Mm-hmm. But then I found myself in a place of discouragement, even though I was really in control of the external distractions. I made time to spend with the Lord. I, you know, I, yeah. I read my Bible more. I did all those things, but I found that I still was having some reticence and digging deeper and getting closer to Jesus in some things. And mm-hmm. I just started thinking about like, why is this happening? What am I going through that's doing this? What's stopping me? What's yeah. stifling me? And huh. I started really evaluating my thoughts, like going through my thoughts of what am I thinking about this, taking me away from this or not wanting to do that. And I started making a list and I realized that I was really experiencing a lot of discouragement and it was coming from those emotional toxins, that repeated voice in my head. I equate it to, I am my biggest bully because the things I say to myself, I would never say to a friend, my husband, to you, to anyone, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. All those things that I was really fighting against writing in the beginning, I realized was what was stopping me in many things in life. And I'm a Mm -hmm. doer, so I can still do many things, but there were a lot of things that God was trying to call me into that I didn't step into because of those emotional barriers that I had built up. So in that, I started really researching, started looking at scripture, reading other books, going through it. And I I really just fell into this process of not just taking your thoughts captive, but realizing what they mean to me. What are they doing to me? How am I stopping and taking that next step of faith and stifling what God desires to do in and through me because of what I'm thinking? Taking that Mm. thought captive, evaluating it. You know, we start, you were talking about the detox determine the internal distractions. What are they? Evaluate those emotional barriers. How are we relating to them? And then we move into terminating the toxins so that we can hear God better. We can trust him in next steps and we can actually begin to take those next steps in faith. Mm. And so when we talk about those emotional barriers, those are deception. Those are lies. Mm -hmm. 99.9% of them are lies. It's a deception. So in the book, we talk about replacing those deception with truth. Because once we take a hold of them and we evaluate them to terminate them, we need to replace them with something. We can't just say, oh, I'm going to write it on paper, throw it in the fire. It'll never be a thought in my head again. No, we have to begin a behavior of replacing it. Mm -hmm. And then we can outline a plan of how we move forward in this. This book is not one and done. This is not a book that's going to cure you, heal you. No, Jesus can miraculously heal any of us. But (laughs) we know that our mind can be a beast of its own. We need to take control of our minds. So when those thoughts crop up, after you've learned this process, in each chapter I have, at the end of each chapter is a detox challenge. Yeah. And I challenge you to one step at a time, one day at a time, we go about this. 
And as that grows, you put together a plan of how you're going to attack those thoughts when they hit you. Mm. Take a captive, feel the feel, move on and replace it with truth and then really lean into that truth rather than thinking about the emotional barrier and letting it take you downhill in a spiral, continue to stand firm on that truth. Mm. What I really love about this is how practical it is because we all face what you're talking about and we have these different thoughts and barriers that come in. And some, you know, I, I don't know if I should even say sometimes, maybe most of the time we feel pretty guilty that we've got those. And when you talked about you, you were doing all the things that, you know, are the right stuff to do. And yet you were still having these barriers that to me is very real because then you think, okay, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. And the answer is it's not it's not that it's you, it's the way that your thinking has been trained by the by the world and our flesh and the enemy loves to uh cause us to believe lies and deceits about yeah. ourselves. And and that's why Paul talks about you, know, you put off the old and you put on the new and you renew your mind. Exactly. Exactly. Renewing our mind, you know. We often talk about how things that come out of our mouth come from our heart. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. most of the time, what's coming out of our mouth is based on where our thoughts have taken us. Yes. And that could be to a very sad place, a self-deprecating place, a place of saying no to things because you're afraid mm-hmm. or saying yes to things because you want to please people. You know, and that comes from you're fearful that if you don't say yes, somebody's not going to like you or ask you again or, you know, help promote you as a a good person or whatever, you know. And so it really is based in our in our thoughts. And we need to take those. And I hate to keep use of the word captive, but it's the best thing I can think of, because when we take that thought captive, we've got control over it. It's mm-hmm. a very military-like term, right? We're going to take off the old and put on the new. We're going to get rid of the deception and replace it with truth so that we can move forward. Mm-hmm. I like the word, though. I know it sounds a little bizarre, but if I think of the reverse, I'm actually captive to that wrong thought. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's like, hold it. It shouldn't. I, and I think this is what you're really expressing is it's, it's not what should have power over me. No. Jesus says all these other things are true of me. So I want to replace that with those. And that's it. That, you know, it's believing what God says to, to you. Yeah. What he write, he's written to us in the Bible of giving us words. You know, we can fall into a into guilt, into shame, into these things that, you know, if we say I'm guilty of something, I've done something terrible. Well, we need to ask for forgiveness, but then we need to believe that we are forgiven. So instead of I've made too many mistakes to be loved by God, we stand in the truth that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. This is a truth that Mm. if we're Christian believers, we believe that. But yeah. do we believe it for ourselves? It might be really good for him or her, but do we believe it for ourselves? And right. in that, you know, if we don't feel that we're wanted, we feel unloved or unwanted, nobody cares about me, 
go to Romans 8.39. Neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. We are loved. Nothing can separate us from him. So to take those deceptions, replace them with truth, so that when you have that thought of, oh my gosh, I, I feel I feel guilty about something, yeah. you can go to that scripture that says that there's no condemnation for those who believe in Christ. When you feel fear overpowering you, you can go to Second Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but mm-hmm. of power and love and self-control, and to replace that thought immediately. And that's what this distraction detox does, is it get, helps us have new habits and standing firm in God's word and moving forward so that we can hear him, we can trust him, and we can go and do as God is calling us to go and do. I just kind of want to go to some of the people that you know wrote support for your book. And maybe you could pull together some things from the different quotes that that those people saw after reading it that meant a lot to them that was helpful, you know, uh, because there are so many good things in what they say in their reviews that uh, maybe you can share some of that or? Yeah, it's been really encouraging. You know, when you write a book and I never write a book that I have not lived out. I just don't feel that I want to ever go in and say, hey, here's a book to answer all your questions. Yeah. I haven't stepped in each of those steps of the path that I'm bringing you through. And so in that, it's really, really encouraging when people tell you of what, and it's not even in one of my endorsements, but I have a speaking engagement out in Alaska in the end of March. And so Mm -hmm. I sent them a copy of the book and, and as the women's ministry group, they're reading through it just to see what is it that they want to focus in on for their women. And one of the girls emailed me and she said, Billy, I am a quick reader and I thought I could sit down in a couple of nights, read through this book and check it off my list. <laughs> list of things that I want for you to talk about. She said, but I'm finding things that I didn't realize that I held so tightly in my mind mm. that I say to myself often and I'm sitting at the end of each chapter. There's a distraction. There's actually a detox challenge at the end of each chapter She said, and I'm finding myself having to pause and go through that detox challenge for myself. She goes, it's going to take me a little longer. And I'm like, thank you. That is what this book is about. Mm -hmm. Sitting down with Jesus and really sitting in that for a minute and understanding. You know, one of my friends, Tara Johnson, she's a great fiction author. I love her. I love her books. In her endorsement for it, she said that the book for her was a powerful look at the deceptive thoughts and feelings that plague so many of us and that it provided real life experience. I tell a lot of stories. I love to tell stories of how it applies to my life. So that's (laughs) what she brought in there, real life experience and transformative scriptures can take those who are stuck into a realm of freedom. Wow. that's what I feel like this book has done for me. And I hate to keep calling it a book because it's really been a life experience Yeah, put into a book. And that's where freedom and peace, when we go through this, we feel the freedom to be able to experience the peace that God is calling us into his purpose for mm-hmm. us. Billy, do you find a difference between 
and how it works, what this means and how it works between men and women? It's funny because I, from, I'm, a, I'm a woman's perspective. So, of course, I'm writing from a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. However, I will say that there are men that have read this book that are getting out of it the same as women are. We don't all have the same experience, right? We don't right. all have the same thoughts. You know, one of the things my husband had shared with me was just about his worry of providing, He wants to provide for his family, but it becomes almost an obsession more than it is doing his job. And it Hmm. seems a little drastic at times, but that's what his thoughts were. He's my first reader. He always reads my stuff first. Yeah. We sat down and talked about it. And I felt like, wow, this relates to men also. It may not be the same examples that I put in the book, but we have the ability to look at our thoughts and evaluate what is it that is truth. And God has given my husband such a a work ethic and a platform in his position at work that his job is threatened every year because we only have year-to-year contracts. We get fired all the time, but (laughs) that's the case all. But he is always providing for his family. He always gets another job. He always, we're at a great place in our lives. We're getting on the older end. Our kids are all have full-time jobs for themselves. (laughs) Healthcare insurance, you know, that there's no reason to worry for him about providing for his family, but yeah. those are still thoughts that happen. So in the book, mm. he was able to really go in and dig out some scripture for himself that was able to overcome that and to break that barrier of work, 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 provide, 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 to really continuing to lean in, which he does great, to continuing to lead into lean into his job as his mission field. So yeah, so I think it relates to men and women. I really do. Okay. Good cuz I wanted to get that point across cuz somebody might go, well, you know, women struggle with this more. No. No. This is this is actually in my opinion a a man and woman thing. We yeah. we're, yeah. we're just there's so many things that are whether you it's the environment you grew up in and experience that you had whatever those tapes are that are playing in your head have come from somewhere and you bring clarity and how to get past those, not let them run your life. Uh, To me, that's fabulous. That's for anybody. Yeah. One of the, one of the people that I, and I have a few men that actually endorsed my book, um, Clint Hurdle, who's a former manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Colorado Rockies, Del Dudois, who writes, um, he's a sports writer. He's actually at the Super Bowl right now, writing for the uh, Bengals about the and uh, and he he's written some sports devotions and John mm. Gordon who's written the Energy Guts so they're three men that and Jason Romano actually with Sports Spectrum podcast they all endorsed the book because they read through it and to me it was a very encouraging that they saw the need in it and one of Dell's comment Del Dudois' comments was I wish I had read this 25 years ago. Yeah, because he didn't have confidence. He didn't have that confidence that he could serve the Lord in the way that God was calling him to do it. And so that was really encouraging to hear that men can read this book and interpret it in the way that God's God's presenting it to them. And like he says, I think in there, his he was listening to the enemy's whispers in his ear, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Those those emotional toxins that we have, those repeated, I'm not good enough. I'm not confident enough. I can't do this. I can't do that. Yeah. That's the enemy trying to stop us from taking that step of faith to glorify God in what we're called to do. 
I often say we can't sit on the couch eating potato chips one by one saying, Lord, move in me and through me and not get up and take that step of faith. Don't yeah. be a potato chip Christian. Get up. Go where That's God's right. calling you to go. And that might That's be right. a hot dog vendor at the ballpark. You know, it might be uh -huh. just smile at him or say hi or you don't know what it is, but at least take that risk and take that step. So true. Anything else on the book or anything about people getting access to it? It should be on christianbooks.com. And uh, I'm assuming, is it also on Amazon? And Yep. It's everywhere you can buy a book. You can get a hold of it if anyone wants to look into it more. My website's a great place that has everything um, on there about the books, about my podcast, getting in touch with me. And that's billyjouse.com. B-I-L-L-I-E. J-A-U-S-S dot com. Good. We'll be putting all that up on our website when we post the interview. I wanted to ask you, though, then about one of the other ministries you're involved in, and that's the Compassion International. Yeah. Do you have a time for a whole nother podcast? Because I could talk for about 45 minutes on this or maybe 45 days. Compassion Seriously. I, I love Compassion International. It has been such a beautiful um place for David and I to serve in a meaningful way. And Compassion is an organization that people normally think about them with child sponsorship. You know, mm -hmm. they rescue children in poverty in Jesus name, you know, from poverty yeah. in Jesus name. And they work in 26 different countries throughout the world. Um, they are a partnership with local churches. And David and I got involved with sponsorship. I became a speaker for them that I'd present sponsorship at events I went to because I loved them so much. And then we had the opportunity to travel with them to the Dominican Republic. And I was blown away at the transparency of this organization, at the way they work with the local churches, that the local church isn't plastered with Compassion International all over it. It's the local church. People know they can go to the local church and receive help through these programs that they run at the church. So wow. Compassion is just absolutely amazing. While we were in the Dominican Republic, well, actually, I went to the Dominican once before David went with me with Compassion, and I was introduced to Compassion's survival program. And their survival program is where they bring in pregnant women through the first year of their child's life, and they give them medical care, teaching them things from caring for the baby to caring for themselves. They do developmental programs with the children and the moms mm. to keep them up to date because in third world countries they don't have cribs in a beautifully decorated baby's room with a mobile and tech yeah. tactile toys and all of that so they bring them into the program to be able to play with the children um, how to developmentally understand if they're in the right place or not how are they progressing and so David and I then partnered with Compassion to sponsor a survival program in the Dominican Republic. Actually, when I came home, I had heard about survival program. I came home and poor David, um, I think he <laughs> thinks I'm crazy half the time because I get these, ah, we have to do this. We have to do this. He told me, once, he told me a, a few times in our lifetime, Billy, the day I met you, I knew I had to have a parachute ready because I never knew when you were going to ask me to jump. <laughs> into something that is not in my comfort zone. 
And so we sponsored a survival program with Compassion in the Dominican Republic. And it just so happens to be three blocks from one of the ballparks that David managed in Winterball in the Dominican. So oh. it's our neighborhood, I feel like. It's our family. It's our neighbors. And yeah. it's amazing the difference that they've made through these survival programs. There have been areas in very, very poor countries, like 87% of children die before their first birthday, either in childbirth, during childbirth, or within the first year of their life. And when compassion comes in, those numbers go down tremendously. Wow. So this is what we're seeing is being able to partner with compassion in the survival program that these children are, are having a chance to live. Wow. So if anybody wants to know about compassion also, they can go on my website. There's a page there that explains about compassion, gives you links to pages um, within compassion's website. And I always encourage people, please go sponsor a child. I, our little girl that we sponsor, Rosa, oh my gosh, she's 10 now, but um, <laughs> I know it just happened so fast. We had one age out, Rosa's 10 now, and I write to her every month. I have an app on my phone and I put it on my calendar the first of the month, write to Rosa, open the Compassion app, type out a few sentences, and it's sent off to her. And it goes into the Compassion office in Santo Domingo. They translate it, and she actually gets a paper letter translated from what Aww. I wrote her. And Aww. then in turn, she writes me back. She colors me pictures. She, you know, David and I have had the blessing to be able to, to be with her in her program and in her home. We got to go into her, her home and meet her mom and her brother and just to love on them and be able to see what a difference we can make. And with, you know, that donation is $38 a month. You know, I stopped hitting Starbucks a couple of times a month and that's what that money is put aside for Rosa. So yeah, very exciting. Wow. That is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. That's a lift of the heart. It's just yeah. uh, uh, something we can all be doing to help out out there. So uh, that's why I wanted to make sure I didn't, didn't pass that by and ask Thank you about you. that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I will say Bruce, of one thing even yeah. a chapter in the book, book I talk about is helping the one. First yeah. person we need to help in life is ourselves because we cannot pour out unless we're overflowing. And uh -huh. so we need to make sure that we take care of ourselves. We take care of our minds. We take care of our spiritual growth, our spiritual life. We partner with people in life that are encouragers and godly people that can help us when we're down or help us see things that we don't see, or we can help them in turn. And, you know, just reaching out to that one person that you can partner yeah. with for us. That's a mini, we have a few ones in our lives, but with Rosa and Compassion, she is one that we partner with in life to encourage and send her scriptures and tell her Jesus loves her and that we love her. And, and to be able to do that, pouring into others' lives is amazing. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you very much. That's, you know, between your book and, and Compassion International, that's just two, two great stories. Thank and you. We're really blessed to have you on and to hear all this. And encourage people look up distraction detox it's when you, you can take something like that that can change your life and and touch your soul and make your mind think the way that god wants it to so you can be fulfilled rather than uh 
always fighting all those problems. That's, yeah, that's wonderful. And, and so Billy, just thank you. And anything else comes up, love to talk to you in the future and, and we'll put up your website and everything like that, but uh, God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for this opportunity to spend time with you. It's really been enjoyable. Thank you so much. Thank you. And if you could hold on just a second, I'm going to, going to close off there and, and say goodbye to everybody, but I'd like to catch you for something else in just a minute. Sounds good. All right. Thank you.